for epilepsy, there is hope. Hey podcast listeners, Tori Robinson here for Epilepsy Sparks Insights, a podcast about epilepsy, epilepsy research, common comorbidities and all of the fascinating science behind it. Whether you have epilepsy, are a family member, a neurologist, neuropsychiatrist, therapist, neurophysiologist, scientist or researcher, Epilepsy Sparks Insights is designed to help you learn more about epilepsy from the other side of the table. I'm a person with epilepsy and some missing brain tissue. I hope to help bridge the unnecessary gap between patients, the public and the aforementioned. Because epilepsy research and science are cool. In the last episode featuring Kevin, Mary, Mary and Susan from the Pisces team at Future Neuro, we discussed how they are empowering patients and families affected by epilepsy through tech. This week on the programme, we are talking to Dr. Omar Mamad, a neuroscientist and genetic epilepsy researcher specialising in the rare epilepsy called CGKL5. Like with many people this year, actually, Omar and I haven't yet met face to face, but I've had heaps of calls online. It's amazing still how well we've gotten to know each other. If you're new to the channel, do make sure that you subscribe and hit the bell for notifications. This is a weekly podcast slash vid. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Today, I will be interviewing a really cool epilepsy researcher, neuroscientist uh, from RCSI, which is a Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, and Future Neuro, which is, well, I'll, I'll have um, Dr. Omar Mamad tell you more about that and his career in epilepsy. He's doing specifically epilepsy research. It's funded by Future Neuro, and he's being led by Professor David Henschel. Really cool background, originally from Morocco, but having studied the neuroscience both there and in France, somehow, and he'll tell us how, but Omar ended up based in Dublin and Ireland. <laughs> Now, he's developing a new project for the rare epilepsy, CDKL5, for which he has received some funding from CDKL5 Italy. Thank you so much. And CDKL5 UK. Thank you so much. Which are, which are charities, as you can imagine from the name, specifically for CDKL5. Now, he's doing a pilot project, which is going to enable him to obtain preliminary data. So the basic clean data that he needs to apply for a larger grant. Unfortunately, money is that's what epilepsy research needs. That's going to enable him to do full on, much more detailed research into this rare epilepsy, which long term will be able to benefit people who are affected. So Dr. Omar Mamad, please tell us more about you and how you got into your work and who inspired you. Hello, everyone. Thanks, uh, Tori, for these invitations. And I am really pleased, actually, to talk to you, but also to send uh, uh, my message maybe to the other scientists, to the world, maybe as well to my country. So uh, as, as Tori mentioned, my name is Dr. Omar Mehmad, a research fellow in neuroscience at Royal College of Surgeon in Dublin and working actually under um, the Future Neurocenter under the, the director of um, our center, which is David Henschel. Indeed, I am from Morocco, but as well, I am an Irish, because my Irish isn't only recently, so I'm well an Irish here. Uh, yeah, so what brought me actually in to Europe? So while I was doing actually my master's degree in bioinformatics in Morocco, we had this wonderful professor called Dr. Abdelhamid Ben Azouz. He was one of the, the our lecturers for bioinformatics. At the end of the, the you know, the, the master, he suggested for me if I am willing actually to do a, a PhD with him in France. And uh, he applied, we applied actually, but for some scholarship that was actually only for a couple of months. 
but he helped me a lot to uh, write the project and apply for other grant and actually uh, maintained actually the whole, the three months actually went for three years. So it was wonderful time to spend with him. And I, lo- I learned a lot. He was a director, he was friend. He was like really uh, a good guy that he understand as well, you know, student situation when they, re- they need a need for the funding or, or like any help for that one. And uh, he inspired me a lot. I learned from him how to conduct actually the research in, in proper way. Then from there, as soon as I finished my PhD, I looked for the job and uh, I got actually three jobs. One was in Berlin, Dresden, one in Baltimore and one in Ireland. And oh my goodness, you need more offers. Okay, what made you choose the one in Ireland? <laughs> uh, one in Ireland, it was in the same year where I played as well Australian football. They, I met actually research uh, some uh, uh, players from Australian football in, 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 in Bordeaux at the time in 2013. Yes, so they, they were actually very well coming and they see that's wonderful. So I say like, you know, uh, as my director, he said, you know, you need to go as well. If you want to be scientific, you need to go away from a little bit French, a little bit society or Arabic, but you need to learn a little bit as well, more English. So, hmm. and uh, I chose Ireland for tourism, which is the closed country as well for France and uh, Morocco, but also that it's in English and more than that, because I immediately get hosted for a club for uh, Australian football. At the time it was Diamonds, but for the moment I play for Swan's team in, uh, here in Dublin, in Boshi Park, for the last six years and a half. Yeah. I've seen some pictures, of, by the way, of Omar playing footy, and they're really cool. Um, I'm going to provide the link to his website at the bottom, so um, under this video, so you will have to check him out. Sorry, carry on, <laughs> carry on, Omar. Yeah, then later on, uh, the, the job I got actually in a, in a Trinity College, Dublin, which is one actually as well, wonderful uh, time I spent there and wonderful college. I conducted the research in um, US, um, on uh, electrophysiology, which is, uh, we call it actually the technique that allow us to record the brain activity and the cells. And we can see actually how the cells, they are activated or inhibited. But more than that, I use as well another technology which called as well optogenetic, which completely uh, you can target specific neurons and you can see how the brain is responding to the, to the activities. And during the, the six years and a half as well, I was uh, in touch uh, with different uh, organisms such as well, you know, the, to establish uh, the new collaboration between Morocco and Ireland. And as well, this is something inspired for me from, uh, you know, my director in Bordeaux, because that's how I, I went actually to Bordeaux, because he was establishing international collaboration between uh, the University of Bordeaux and uh, University Mohamed Sank. And I was actually always saying, I want to do these things as well. So... Uh, since 2015, immediately after one year, I joined Ireland. I, I was working hardly, and I got a lot of help either by the Minister of uh, Education in Morocco and also the Moroccan Embassy here and Trinity College. So we, we went uh, through it for a couple of years, but has been completely a memorandum of understanding, has been established on 2018, and I was having the privilege to supervise actually the first student in this collaboration. Uh, more than that, we went to Morocco to establish very strong link, not just like, you know, signing documents, but uh, I lead as well, the, the, you know, the trip with the provost and his team. I had as well my, certain my, of my colleague, Dr. Olivier Gobo and, um, and Darren, they were my, my, my colleague who helped as well for making strong, the, the, you know, this link. And uh, now moving to uh, Royal College of Surgeon, it's because actually this wonderful meeting, which is completely different. It was a, uh, 
made uh, in, in uh, June uh, 2019 when I had a new project after uh, in Civica L5. So that was really something amazing. Uh, this conference um, changed completely my, my, my thinking, my, uh, my work toward uh, epilepsy because, you know, uh, this conference uh, had clinicians, had the patients, families, and researchers, but also we have the lucky to see, to meet as well the funders. So you can talk to them for funding your project and they can tell you a lot about the, you know, about how you, they can help you in this uh, situation. That's so cool because in the olden days, I think these conferences would just be clinicians and researchers and that is it. And there was like this ridiculous brick wall between you guys and the rest of the homo sapiens. Whereas now I think lots things have got so much better and it's, you know, there's much more interaction between parties. And then this gives you, I guess, inspiration for your work. Is that right? Yes, indeed. Completely. It, it, it's, um, as I said, I participate for over 15 conference international. I travel to United States, to to uh, Turkey, to uh, Spain, everywhere, like basically a lot of conferences. I have, but the one uh, with, uh, when you have really, you know, the, these patients that you are doing some work for them and you can meet their family. It's completely mm. different. Um, it changed me toward doing something completely in contact with, uh, you know, with the people that they are affected with the, the disease, basically. And who else was at this conference? So you mentioned there were like charities there, there were families there. What did they say to you that really touched you and made you think this is my focus, for my career, yes. my life, really? I still remember it was in Edinburgh and as soon as I reached actually, the, you know, this local for where the conference and it was the reception, there were actually this um, nice uh, person uh, called actually Caroline. Just as soon as I arrived, she recognized me and uh, she <laughs> said like, welcome Omar, this is our uh, conference. And she started introducing me to all the, you know, the people from there, which never happened actually in, in normal conferences. I have been for 15, over 15 conferences everywhere in the world. When yeah. you arrive there, you get like kind of lost. But actually it was completely different because you have this person introducing you to this person and even introducing you like this is scientific, this is clinician, this is the mom, this is the father for our patients. And it was amazing there. It was completely easy, very lovely atmosphere completely there. I think also one of the key differences that being involved with families makes is that not only does it give you passion for your work, but also it gives you focus. So you know what is, rather than just researching, I don't know, this part of this gene because you think that is the right thing to do that's going to benefit people, we can say to you, actually, do you know what? It might not even be the seizures that is the worst thing in our case. It could actually be the reflux or I, I don't know. Is that is that the case? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is something that was amazing because at the end of that conference, I still remember we had, they had the meeting families, which they made their uh, meetings and they conclude, we need to talk now to our researcher. All right. Listen, guys, we have really, yes, we know that we everybody's focused on, uh, on rivalry disorder in different areas, but we have certain concern. We would like now our researchers to focus, for example, on gastro because we have issue when the, the patient, they have an issue in their health. We would like to maybe to improve the motor behavior. So they were our guide. We can do the work and you can see our even work and the scientific work has been shifted. Specific me, for example, I was mostly investigating just in brain, um, recording brain in different area. But now 
because there is uh, this need. So I try now to move and to give them what they kind of look in, but of course, under my expertise and my limit. So uh, it's, it was completely a big, big help from them, listening to them, do the research as well for them in, in the same time. That's so good. Because I often say to um, scientists, geneticists, etc., like often even amongst those with non-rare epilepsies, the mental health comorbidities can be more negatively overwhelming than the seizures themselves. Obviously, they, you know, are distinctly interlinked, but it's, you know, and I think that that's something that, at least in the past, um, scientists and academics were not aware of because they didn't speak to us a lot. But now that's so, why it's so great what you're doing. So, and I find another thing which is often a bit of a unfortunate misconception amongst people is that once we hear that you're doing this research into CLK, CDKL5 or whatever it might be, that that means that we're going to have a cure tomorrow. And that's not the case, right? So how do you manage our expectations? Hopefully this, this sort of thing, this video will help people um, give, give them insight into what you're doing. But how do you say to people, do you know what, dude, actually this isn't going to cure things tomorrow. What do you do? Everyone to see the result as soon as possible. We are doing the same as well. We are doing a really big effort by writing a grant application that takes yeah. a lot of time from editing, from writing, from reviewing, but yeah. also to be lucky after you submit because you can apply for a certain grant and you even you have been, for example, close. But of course, there is a challenge between the competition with other labs that they are having been uh, well already known or they are doing as well some, I would say, like more job than, than you. So this is something that takes maybe time to really to achieve things. And another thing maybe to help actually the, all the people that they are looking for any result from the scientific by actually by attending, for example, the meetings, which is like what they are doing currently I have seen actually something wonderful from Sidica L5 Alliance. They are organizing actually a live project, which is they invite scientific to present uh, for them their project, but in a live way. So for example, as well, I was invited only three weeks ago by Sidica L5 UK, in which they want me to talk to their uh, families and patients and non-scientific, and this is something helps. So by attending this type of work that we are as well preparing for them, will help them to understand how the process is going. It's a long process to get to the cure because we need to go from the hypothesis, testing, the, the, doing the experiment, running, validating the experiment, again, run again another time, say if, check then the level of this experiment, if went really, truly, it takes long, long really process. But if really the patients and families, they attend regularly, the, uh, even once or twice per year, they can see that we are there, we are doing our best, and there is always the hope because every day we are working, there is more knowledge, more finding, and more challenges. And it's good that they can be with you, seeing all the difficulty that you are running. They need to understand as well uh, that we are really, as I say, just for writing the grant, we are applying for uh, per year, for example, for five to, to 10 grant. And sometimes you get some one, sometimes really nothing. And doesn't like, I would say maybe some people, they, they, I would not say like they give up, but they reduce their challenge. But 
I believe with me being a young scientific, I have really good uh, energy, good uh, enthusiasm to do as much as I can. Um, we are here to learn and to do our best, basically. How can our viewers support you in this? What is it that the general public can do? What about other clinicians and researchers? How do you think everyone can I don't know, back you up or back each other up in terms of grant applications and, and work? What, is, what can you do together to achieve more? Everyone is looking to establish, you know, his project. And of course, the main key yeah. for us, the main key for us is the, the funders. So when we apply mm. for any grant, for example, there should be a little bit of maybe the help and some kind of the reward because we know that we are doing uh, more than uh, what, what, we, what we can do and we do as well our best. But I think by reaching as well to different, uh, you know, society, uh, as the one I did actually for CDKL5, Italy and UK by just hearing my voice as well, explaining for them what I want to do. And they see you completely helping, uh, like you are doing something nice and you want to, to help them as well, understanding maybe the disease. So this is one strategy is we need really big help from others, such as other charities and um, you know, that they can hear our voice, they can understand what we are doing. And at the end, it will be win-win. We are winning because we get like maybe the funding, we can uh, do, you know, go process to the project, but also for them to win because their name will be as one of the funders for this project, but also they can get the result as the, you know, and to see what we have done as well for this type of the, of the project. I love this. So working together, managing expectations, but realistic hope, valuing empirical evidence and having that sort of, I guess, along with all of that positivity where, where possible and being there for one another. That's so, so important. We could go on forever, but um, I want people to know that uh, if you want to get hold of um, OMAR, you can do so on the new website, which is um, O-M-A-R-M-A-M-A-D, so it's holdname.com. And if anybody is interested in um, Omar's work, please feel free to contact him. He's all over social media. And the, your Twitter is Mamad Omar number five. So you can find you on there. And you've said to me before, you're open to collaborations and discussions. So just reach out. Um, also, I think there's no such thing as a bad question. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Yes, as you mentioned, I am very open for any collaborations and understanding more about CDKL5 and toward the cure. Uh, I'm happy to meet anyone that is interested in the work, even not for collaboration, if they have any questions or they want to understand more what we are doing, uh, I'm happy to, uh, to meet them and explain for them the work, basically. Today, I thank Omar for joining us and for telling us his story telling us about the importance of epilepsy research and indeed educating us regarding the rare genetic epilepsy called CDKL5. For more information about OMAR, Future Neuro and RCSI, you can find links in the description below. Now get ready for next week when I shall be talking to Dr. Gareth Morris, a neuroscientist again at Future Neuro. He's an honorary lecturer at RCSI and editor of Epilepsy in English. We talk about how he got into epilepsy research and specifically his research into temporal lobe epilepsy. Follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn or Facebook and we'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Do subscribe to our podcast and know that we are always trying to improve what we are doing here for the programme. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening. <laughs>